hello there, friends, and welcome back to the Shellac Stack for another 78 RPM listening session. My name is Brian Wright, your host this hour for some music from the first half of the 20th century, all direct from 78 RPM pressings. On today's program, I've got a nice variety of things for you, everything from dance bands to Hawaiian music to comedy records, some country things as well. We're going to be all over the map today, but I think it will make for enjoyable listening. I'm glad you tuned in, and I hope you'll stick around. We're going to start with a record that was made in about 1949 for the tiny Premier label. The singer is Charlie Ackerson, and I wasn't able to turn up too much about Charlie Ackerson. He has a nice voice, and in fact, Billboard magazine wrote in 1949 that his voice was a ringer for Arthur Godfrey, except that he sings in tune. And that's true. I was kind of thinking that he sounds a little bit like Thurl Ravenscroft, that bass singer that I featured a few weeks back singing In the Mood, but it's not quite as deep. Nonetheless, it's a pleasant voice. So let's take a listen to Charlie Ackerson in 1949 singing a song that goes all the way back to the 1890s. It's Bill Bailey, Won't You Please Come Home. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Won't you come home? She moans the whole day long I'll do the cooking, darling I'll pay the rent I knows I've done you wrong Remember that rainy evening I drove you out With nothing but a fine-tooth comb Oh, I know I's to blame Well, honey, ain't that a shame Bill Bailey, won't you please come home won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Won't you come home? She moans a whole day long. I'll do the cooking, darling. I'll pay the rent. I know I've done you wrong. Remember that rainy evening I drove you out with nothing but a fine tooth comb. I know I'm to blame, but ain't that a shame? Bill Bailey, won't you please come come home she moans the whole day long I'll do the cooking darling I'll pay the rent I knows I've done you wrong remember that rainy evening I drove you out with nothing but a fine tooth comb 
Oh, I know I's to blame. Well, honey, ain't that a shame? Bill Bailey, won't you please come home? Some nice piano on that record. Good muted trumpet, too. Bill Bailey, won't you please come home? Sung for us by Charlie Ackerson in about 1949. That comes from a premiere record, number 29028. Charlie Ackerson seems to have been based in and around St. Louis in the late 1940s. He was singing on the radio there, appearing on the stage, and a little notice in Billboard in late 1949 suggested that he was on his way to fame and stardom as a singer because of his nice voice and cheerful personality. But then there's another note about two years later in July of 1951, a very brief thing, noting the death at age 28 of singer Charlie Ackerson, who they mentioned had just recorded a few country music transcriptions for radio use. Could that be our guy? I can't say for sure, but I suspect it is, unfortunately. I haven't heard anything else from Charlie Ackerson after 1951. So, too bad. A good singer lost too soon. But I don't mean to start off on a down note. Uh, this is the Shellac Stack. I'm here to hopefully have some fun, and I hope you are too. I've got some good records for the remaining hour. We're going to turn next to Bill Akamuho and the Nautical Hawaiians. This is a bell record recorded in Hawaii, probably pressed out in California. It's the bell label LKS136. The tune, a pleasant little thing, kind of funny too, is Lola O'Brien, the Irish Hawaiian. On an island where they do the hula, J. Patrick O'Brien met a pretty Hawaiian. They were married there in Honolulu. They had a coolie. She is now seventeen. Lola O'Brien, the Irish Hawaiian. With a blonde and a smile that will get you after a while and say She does the hula without even trying With a shiver on her hips and a shimmer on her lips, hooray She sings aloha And aloha means goodbye But she'll never leave those magical blues Hawaiian skies, oh Lola O'Brien, the Irish Hawaiian, will be making plenty boys for a buckle boy someday. Magical blue, Hawaiian 
had a great treasure, if I had a great prize, gladly I'd trade it for your smiling Irish eyes. There are stars in the heavens, but who never surmise, they were created for your smiling Irish eyes. Although the greatest distance may lie between us two, Sweetheart, my whole existence depends completely on you. There's a wonderful color, like the blue in the sky. Angels have made it for your smiling Irish eyes.
started that little trio of records with Bill Akamuho and the Nautical Hawaiians, a bell record made in Hawaii in about 1946, a fun little tune called Lola O'Brien, the Irish Hawaiian. (laughs) And that got me in the mood for some more songs with Irish in the title, so we followed that with Alfredo and his band, a recording made in London in April of 1930, a song called Smiling Irish Eyes. And that came from the film Smiling Irish Eyes. The vocalist there was Hal Swain. That was on the Edison Bell radio label, number 1331. Those little small 8-inch 78s. After that, it was Johnny Johnson and his orchestra in 1936, a recording made in New York of a tune called Laughing Irish Eyes. So from Smiling Irish Eyes to Laughing Irish Eyes. And would you believe it? That came from the film you guessed it, Laughing Irish Eyes. (laughs) The vocalist there was Lee Johnson. My copy of that was pressed over in England on the Rex label, number 8828, but here in the States it was probably issued by the American Record Corporation, labels like Banner, Perfect, Oriole, those kind of things. For those of you just joining us, welcome. My name is Brian Wright. This is the Shellac Stack, a little program on which I play 78 RPM records from my collection, and I've just got a variety of things real hodgepodge on today's program. Up next, I've got a record on the DECA label from 1937 by a mysterious group billed as the Four Southerners. As best I can determine, this is the only DECA record to bear credit to the Four Southerners. Some time ago, I played the flip side of this, Trouble in Mind, but I thought we'd turn it over and give you the B-side now, which is called Dan the Backdoor Man. It's DECA 7291. Some years back, my friend Rich Connady and I speculated that this might actually be the Mills Brothers. It sure sounds an awful lot like the Mills Brothers, but why they would not have been credited on the label as such is something of a mystery. Anyway, have a listen, and the keen-eared among you can tell me whether you think this is the Mills Brothers or not. In any case, it's a fine record. After the four Southerners, we'll hear The Four Rajas in 1928, a Chicago recording of a tune called Waitin' for Katie. This is a real neat record. Got some good jazz harp in the mix. It's Victor 21550. And then we'll wrap up the set with The Four Knights. Yeah, there's a little bit of a theme going in this set. The Four This, The Four That. It's a Capitol record from 1951. The tune by Chester Schull and George Hoven is called It's No Sin. Quite a hit in the early 1950s. But to start off this set in 1937, here are The Four Southerners. Or are they? Take it easy, squeeze me tight. Take your time, you've got all night. Take it easy, baby, cause I'm Dan the bag man. Shake it easy, now that's right. Can't you take it, it won't fight. Because I'm Dan the Bagdoor Man mm-hmm. Now, baby, you've got it Give me a chance to gaze in your eyes Now, baby, you started This is romance But what a surprise Kiss me, baby, call this square Someday maybe you'll play fair Cause I'm Dan the Bagdoor Man Oh, 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 oh,
sin Take the rain from April showers It's a sin Take away the violin And the music there within would cease to be harmonies there from the four nights that's k-n-i-g-h-t-s it's no sin the name of that tune it was capital record number 1806 and incidentally mine's a dj pressing with a white label that's from 1951 before that a recording made in chicago in may of 1928 the four rajas who were roy hurt gentry and chico that song was by ted shapiro and gus khan called waitin for katie and we started the set with a group that, to me, sounded suspiciously like the Mills Brothers, but they're billed on the label as the Four Southerners, Decca 7291, Dan the Backdoor Man, from March 17, 1937. If you want to share your thoughts on that Four Southerners record, or if you have anything else you want to say to me, my email address, where I welcome a message from you, is shellacstack at gmail.com. Again, that's shellacstack at gmail.com. Or if you want to send a postcard, and some of you have done that, and I'm very grateful, my mailing address is P.O. Box 3081, Lynchburg, Virginia, 24503. Send me a picture postcard, show me where you live, your little neck of the woods there. I'd love to hear from you. 
Okay, well, 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of the opening of the 1939 New York World's Fair. It opened in Flushing Meadows and Corona Park on April 30th, 1939, the date chosen to coincide with the 150th anniversary of the inauguration of George Washington as the first president of the United States. The fair was open for two seasons, over which some 44 million people visited it, It covered 1,216 acres and is probably best remembered visually for the Trilon and Perisphere, that big, tall pyramid and ball that you often see associated with the 1939 New York World's Fair. The theme of the fair was the world of tomorrow and what it must have felt like in 1939 as the dark clouds of World War II were brewing to go to this fair in New York and get a sense of what the future might hold. It was a a pretty optimistic future, I think, and some of the things did come to pass. The World's Fair was the first place most people ever experienced television. RCA had a pavilion there, and they were demonstrating TV. Of course, TV had been around for a little bit before that, but this was the first time many people saw it in person. We'll hear more about the World's Fair in this next record, which is a two-part thing, a comedy record by Lou Lair, L-E-H-R. Pretty forgotten today, but he was very popular in the 1930s and into the 1940s for his comedy appearances in Fox movie tone newsreels. He was parodied a lot in cartoons of the day, Looney Tunes and some of the Disney cartoons as well. His humor is a little bit dated, but it's still interesting to hear this take on the World's Fair from the time of the World's Fair. This was pressed by Decca Records, but the label is just a special picture label that has a photograph of Lou Lair. It's called Lou Lair at the Fair, and we'll hear both sides of this 10-inch record, part one and part two, so it runs about six and a half minutes. Anyway, close your eyes and imagine it's 1939, and you're hearing a little bit about the 1939 New York World's Fair. Lou Lair at the Fair. Here he comes, folks, a lass and a lackey. Some think he's a genius, but we think he's a wacky. It's that half-and-half wit of movie tone news. Lou Lair. <laughs> Monkeys are the craziest people. Lou, I understand you were one of the celebrities who was invited to the World's Fair. You said it, and you should have seen me. Was I classy? I was wearing a can of tomato bouillon in my left lapel, and in my right lapel, I stuck a mackerel. What was the idea of that, Lou? <laughs> Grover Whalen told me to wear soup and fish. I suppose you traveled to the fair in grand style. Did I travel in grand style? I had a deluxe airplane, uh, a streamlined locomotive, uh, a private limousine. Limous- <laughs> I hitchhiked. Lou, I've never been to the fair. What's it like? Well, as soon as you go in, you see a great big ball and a great big bat. Oh, you mean the Trilon and Paris Fair. Yeah, and I was thinking that if they could find a man big enough to use that Trilon for a bat, and that great big man took that great big bat and hit that great big ball into the ocean, (laughs) boy, what a splash! Say, that might be an idea. Now, Lou, tell me about some of the attractions you saw. Well, first I went to the Wild Animal Exhibition. There, I saw Mama Hippopotapus with her little hippopotapuses, the octopus with her little octokittens, the alligators and her alligooses, crocodoodles, buffalouses, and the camels with their little camisoles. 
They also have savage natives there. I was introduced to the cannibal chief. The cannibal chief? Yeah, he was wearing a new pair of pants made out of grass. And all the time, he kept jumping up and down. You don't mean it. Tell me, what was the trouble? <laughs> His tailor forgot to take out the grasshoppers. <laughs> and then I went to the infant incubators. Ah, uh, infants. Aren't the babies the cutest little things? Are they cute? They're the most adorable, uh, the most precocious, uh, the most exquisite, exquisite, <laughs> dwibble pusses. <laughs> From the babies, I went in to see the Hall of Fashion. And that I'm very much interested in, Lou. Tell me, what are the latest styles? Well, the latest thing is an evening outfit for married women. It's a blue evening gown, a red jacket, and a nose guard. A nose guard? What's the nose guard for? <laughs> she puts that on before she tells her husband the price. <laughs> but the hats they're showing are really crazy. They got a new style at the fair this year. What is it? Well, if a lady likes cherries, they put cherries on her hat. If she likes plums, they put plums on her hat. Whatever they like, they put on their hats. Or now, I'm afraid my wife is going to look awful funny. Why? <laughs> she likes the janitor. Well, Lou, where did you go next? Well, we went over to the ballroom to watch the dancers. You know, those jitterbugs, the guys met ants in their dance. Oh, yes, I know them. Well, it's the funniest thing how dancing has changed. In the old days, a fella used to hold a girl in his arms and whisper sweet nothings in her ear. Now he stands six feet away from her and <laughs> tries to kick her teeth out. <laughs> but the thing you gotta see is the aqua, uh, you know, the bathing beauty show. Oh, do I? I'm looking forward to that. You should see the bathing suits the girls is wearing. I watched them for six hours. It was disgusting. What was disgusting? <laughs> it got dark. <laughs> and they also got real mermaids there. Ah, uh, mermaids. Lovely creatures of the deep. Half woman, half fish. Yeah, I got a date with one next Friday. I'll go halves with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lou, I'll think that one over. How about some of the other exhibitions at the fair? Oh, they're swell. They got a glass exhibit. The whole building is made of glass. And everything in it is made of glass. Yes, and I hear that they're even going to make clothes out of glass. Oh, that's not new. <laughs> My pants have looked like a mirror for seven years. <laughs> but you ought to see the cooking exhibit. While I was there, a young bride was learning how to make bean soup for her husband. Bean soup? Yeah, but by mistake, she put in Mexican jumping beans. Tell me, how did her husband like it? I don't know. When I left, he was still up on the chandelier. From there, I went to the Electrical Products Building. Oh, uh, you mean Remington Rand Hall. Uh, yeah. They got the biggest electric shaver in the world there. It's 12 feet long. An electric shaver 12 feet long? Uh-huh. Does it work? Does it work? Last week, they shaved an elephant with it, and the elephant liked to shave so much, he left a tip, a buck. The elephant left a buck? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Buck. <laughs> it's wonderful. Anybody can go in and get a free shave. I got a shave there. Lou, I suppose you got a pretty tough beard. Have I got a tough beard? <laughs> Before I was born, my mother was frightened by a cactus bush. <laughs> but this shaver is swell for me. I like a clean shave. 
I'm tired of beating around the bush. Lou, you kill me. Seriously, uh, you must have spent a lot of time at the fair. Did you have anything to eat? Yeah, I had a five-course meal. A roll, a hot dog, mustard, a napkin, and a toothpick. Lou, you know they tell me that if all the Frankfurters they expect to sell at the fair were laid end-to-end, they would reach from New York to London. What do you think of that? That may be true, but still, <laughs> it's a lot of baloney. But, folks, believe me, it's no baloney that you'll have a great time at the New York World's Fair. <laughs> Goodbye now. From 1939, Lou Lair at the Fair. And my thanks to Ed Clute, who gave me his copy of that rare record. A nice little snapshot of the New York World's Fair. Well, while we're in 1939, let's listen to three more records that were recorded that year, starting with Chick Bullock and his Levy Loungers, a Vocalion record, number 5007. Here's a tune called The Man with the Mandolin. The music man is coming, a happy song he's humming. Beedly-um-bum-bum, beedly-um-bum Here comes the man with the mandolin Beedly-um-bum-bum, beedly-um-bum He'll cheer you up till your ship comes in Lovable old fellow playing an old tune He comes around every afternoon Raggedy old minstrel wearing a big grin You'll love the man with the mandolin All the kids holler, all the kids holler To the windows above Mama throw a nickel and the man will pick a little tune we love. Beedly-um-bum-bum, beedly-um-bum. Open your heart, let the music in. Beedly-um-bum-bum, beedly-um-bum. There goes the man with the mandolin. Thank you. 
Based on the number of copies that turn up, that has to have been one of the biggest selling records of 1939. Oren Tucker and his orchestra with Wee Bonnie Baker, the vocalist, Oh Johnny, Oh Johnny, Oh. It was Columbia 35228, made in Los Angeles on August 20th, 1939. Before that, from October of 1939, the Benny Goodman Sextet, Columbia 35254, Rose Room. And we started off the set with Chick Bullock and his Levy Loungers, in July of 1939, The Man with the Mandolin. Up next, I've got a record by Joe Shelton. He was one half of the Shelton Brothers, a fairly popular country-style duo in the mid-1930s. He was born in Texas and grew up listening to records by people like Jimmy Rogers. And he started making some records for Decca in the 1930s, was quite prolific. He and his brother put out some 150 sides for the Decca label alone, and then they went on to record for Victor and King as well. You don't hear too much about the Shelton Brothers anymore, which is too bad. Some of the records are pretty enjoyable. This one is called Matchbox Blues, and it was recorded on December 18, 1935 at Stecca 5177. I'm just standing here wondering whether matchbox hold my clothes. Have mercy. I'm standing here wondering whether matchbox hold my clothes. When I leave this town, I don't want no suitcase, I know. Hey, pretty mama, what's the matter now? Tell me, baby, what's the matter now? 
Oh, you're trying to quit your daddy, but good gal, you don't know how. Play that fiddle, Carly. Cross Red River, I'm sure gonna leave this town, Bossier City. I'm going cross Red River, I'm sure gonna leave this town. Cause that gal I love, she's done tore my feather bed down. There's a bulldog in the alley, jumping against his chain. There's a dog in the alley, jumping against his chain. I got a highbrow mama that's doing me the same. Let me hear that fill again, Curly. I woke up this morning between midnight and day. Lotta woke up this morning between midnight and day. You oughta saw me grab that pillow while my good gal used to lay. If my train don't run, I got a doggone mule to ride. If my train don't run. I sure got a mule to ride. Lord, I don't have to catch him, 'cause he's already tied. Joe Shelton in 1935, the Matchbox Blues. We're going to start this last set now with a record by Charles Dornberger and his orchestra from June of 1929. Dick Dixon is the vocalist. The song is called Maybe. Who knows? Thank you. 
Maybe she loved me more than I knew Mujer, 
tell me why you keep fooling little coquette making fun of the ones who love you breaking hearts you are ruling little coquette through hearts tenderly dreaming of you someday you'll fall in love as I fell in love with you maybe Someone you love will just be fooling And when you're all alone with only regret You'll know, little coquette, I love you We wrapped up the shellac stack with the new Dixie Demons in 1937, Coquette. Before that, Lud Gluskin and his Continental Orchestra in 1934. Chiquito was the vocalist on La Cucaracha, one of those wonderful blue wax Columbias. And starting the set, Charles Dornberger's orchestra in 1929, maybe, who knows. Well, that's all the time we have on this edition of the shellac stack. I hope you enjoyed the program, and I hope we'll see you next time. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.